Hi, I'm Daniel Budai, and this is the Ecom Show, a podcast where you can learn more about the world of high-performing e-commerce players and marketers. The show is brought to you by the team of Budai Media. Let's grow your e-commerce business together. Hey everyone, here is Danielle in another episode of the Ecom Show. And today I'm here with Samit, who is from San Diego, and he's a real expert in, in CBD. And uh, I'm really glad to have you here today. Um, I know how much you know about this industry, and I think you are the best guy to have here in this um, area. So, hey, Sam- Samit, it's, it's great to have you here. It's an absolute pleasure to be here, Daniel. Uh, thank you so much for inviting me. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate the kind words. Uh, you know, we've, of course, spent a good time, a little over two years now in this industry. And, and again, two years in this industry is kind of like, uh, you know, they, they say it's like 10 years in this industry, right? Because time is flying so fast here. Um, but no, it's, it, it's, there's, there's so much that, you know, in, in the digital marketing space, especially the space that we're in, that's actually happening uh, to the cannabis industry. Uh, one of the examples that we always give is that, you know, it is an unsophisticated market. So marketing is a sophisticated solution. So we're bringing a sophisticated solution to an unsophisticated uh, market. And that's always kind of market dynamics wise. That's always a great thing. But the challenge is really the education uh, of the, you know, the, of the entrepreneurs that are in that industry. So, um, but yeah, no, it's a very exciting industry and it's growing super fast. Yeah. Before we jump into the nitty gritty and the, and we start talking about the industry, how did you how did you get into this whole CBD industry? Excellent question. So what um you know what really happened was you know at, at a very um uh, early on age before marketing, uh, you know I've always been a very big believer in plant medicines and so forth. And so, you know, whatever it is that, you know, we do in life, sometimes they always say you have to have kind of a higher purpose for what it is that you're trying to do. Um, and of course, you have to be good at what you're doing. Um, and so, you know, when we become good at marketing, it's a skill set, but that's really all it is. It's just a skill set. And so my question that I've always was asking myself as I was working with many different niches is which one do I really want to use my skill sets to fuel and move forward, right? Um, you know, given right now in our country, Uh, in the United States, you know, um, you know, we are in a uh, pandemic of health. Let's put it this that way, right? So there's a lot of unhealthy yeah. people out there, um, a lot of people on pain medicine out there. So CBD, uh, it's just one molecule of the cannabis industry, and we also focus on THC as well too. But it is a, a, again the medicine of our time, um, and so to really get good people that have great medicine and good product and really help them fuel their situation forward um, that's really been our mission right um, and so we kind of got into it mainly because a lot of people started to ask about um, an actual uh, there's a different uh, element out there a different plant called uh, kratom uh, have you ever heard of kratom before no actually I, I I've never heard about them so kratom is a hugely popular product. Uh, definitely in the United States, it's a plant that comes from Thailand and Vietnam, and they use it over there because they're working in the fields and it helps with their pain. Uh, it helps with their sleep. Um, it just, you know, it's an overall good well-being plant, 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Kratom, however, you know, is actually banned in some states in the United States. You're going to ask, well, why is it banned? Well, because in the United States, we have this, you know, this uh, opiate crisis, as they say. And Kratom was actually a great tool to help wean people off of opiates, right? So for those people that know, a lot of opiate uh, people that are addicted to, you know, painkiller pills and things of that sort, they use Kratom to really at least have a functional life, right? So it's this battle between pharmaceutical and in uh, and, and the natural world, that's really what's going on in the United States. And so having had a prior experience in the, in the venture capital world and biotech and pharmaceutical, it's always been this inner thing inside me where it's like, you know, we got to support the, the side that's actually going to be helping, you know, the, the user, right? So we started out in Kratom. A client came to us with, a, with an issue. He was selling a lot of Kratom on a retail uh, situation and he was also doing a lot of wholesale but no online. And so when we were able to just do a little bit of marketing, uh, I mean, the demand, it would, you know, we, we were able to crack the code on Facebook where his account wouldn't be shut down. And, um, and a lot of that, you know, structure and process is kind of what we fuel uh, the CBD needs because, you know, right along with Kratom, you're going to meet a lot of people in that industry. So we just started to meet people and then just decided 100% in uh, 2018 to let's just hunker down and focus on the cannabis industry altogether. Um, and move forward. Yeah. 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 I think uh, before we talk about marketing, it's, it's, it, uh, it would be good to really define things, what they mean, because I think most people are confused. So there is CBD and there is THC. And what's the difference between them? Yeah, definitely. Great question. So the difference is, so there's the, you know, the marijuana plant, the cannabis plant. Um, CBD is just a separate molecule. So inside everybody's brain, there are something called the CB1 receptor and the CB2 receptor, right? Um, these are the receptors that are going to be activated to help regulate well-being, focus, uh, it relieves all your pain because in your body, uh, we all know we have a central nervous system, uh, but one of the biggest organs in your body that most people don't know um, and this is kind of what we use in our marketing, um, you know, by the way, for the CBD companies out there that are listening, is we try to educate you on the endocannabinoid system. So your endocannabinoid system is a system in everybody's body uh, that is built to accept the molecules within the cannabis plant, surprisingly, right? So CBD is a non-psychoactive, you know, the, the, the ingredient that you may have heard that just helps your pet calm down, that helps you calm down. Mm-hmm. It's you're just going to feel good uh, and it's going to help yeah. regulate your well-being and balance, to put it that way. THC, on the other hand, is the one that's gotten the bad rap. If you uh, have heard of, you know, oh, it's pot, reefer, uh, you know, it makes you crazy. Yes, there's a psychoactive effect because the THC molecule uh, provides that kind of psychoactive effect in the brain as well into the body. Either you're trying to relax a little bit more or you're trying to get more energy. Uh, you know, I associate uh, the THC molecule to more, you know, ancient times where they used to use the marijuana plant for rituals and ceremonies because, yes, it does put you in an altered state of mind for other things that you could do in that altered state of mind if you, if you get my drift. So it's a so, so, so really big difference, just to keep it simple for everybody, is, is the THC molecule is the one that's, you know, we're, we're still having a battle with that's still kind of illegal in most places. 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but the CBD molecule, because it's safe, at least in the United States, and I know in Europe and a couple of other countries, it's become a pretty popular item to help even uh, at, on an extreme level control epilepsy, right? So you've heard of stories of people mm-hmm. having seizures through how they're controlling those seizures because the marijuana plant, the CBD molecule, uh, if at high quality levels and, and extracted correctly, uh, can really be beneficial to people that, you know, just to have a functional life, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how is the, yeah, carry on. Oh, no, I was just, I was just going to just add on really quickly was that, um, you know, if you haven't tried CBD, it's probably going to be the best place to start with your relationship with that plant. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, just remember this is all medicine. So it's, you know, you got to take it safely yeah. and you got to ask the right questions. Mm-hmm. Got it. Um, how is the legal situation now? So CBD is, uh, is allowed in more states and countries, THC less. Um, how does it look like now in the US, or in Canada, in Europe, maybe Australia? Um, I don't know much about that and what we can expect in the next years. Yeah. So in terms of CBD, um, I mean, it's, a, uh, it's over a 20 $23 billion market right now. And it's just, and, it's, and, it's, and that's just the United States. So it's like 10 billion in Europe, it's five, four billion other places. But, you know, the US leads it, you know, I, I believe the second place is Canada and the third place is, is Europe in terms of, uh, of growth of CBD, right? However, um, you know, I just, I just see that in the reason, I mean, it's already growing so fast, but it can grow even faster. We can have new adopters of the product as businesses get better with explaining what CBD is, right? The education mm-hmm. aspect, right? Like the, yeah. um, the digital education, if you might, if you might add, or the sales funnel yeah. or the follow-up, these are things that we see that the market lacks. Um, but the, and so that's really what's going to be coming as it, it gets more sophisticated. Now on the THC side, uh, surprisingly during COVID uh, in California, um, at least and it's legal here uh, on the state level, it was considered an essential um, business, right? So all dispensaries, all deliveries, um, you know, they were able to uh, stay open and serve their communities, serve the people, obviously, because people need this medicine. It's very important, right? So at the end of the day, that's grown over 120%, um, you know, month after month since this uh, COVID situation has hit. Obviously, a lot of people are stressed out, people are going to consume more. So that's a, that's a good sign. Um, and I also think people need to understand that this generates a lot of state uh, revenue, right? Because it's taxed yeah. heavily, right, in the state. And at this point, states need a lot of revenue. So I do see the legalization of this crop uh, becoming uh, faster, uh, definitely at the mm-hmm. United States level, uh, where it's probably going to be legalized, uh, you know, nationally first uh, versus anywhere else in the world because everybody follows the U.S., but yeah, you know, this, this crop is, I mean, I see businesses there, they're servicing like 700 patients a day, right? So, you know, and they're servicing maybe seven to 10,000. That's just one shop in one county somewhere in California, right? So this, this, that industry is uh, rapidly, rapidly growing. And I, I see more sophistication entering the industry as we move forward into 2021. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Very interesting. Um, I can see especially CBD, that uh, they, they started using this molecule in many different products, um, drops, um, different oils, 
But recently, I um, my agency now we work with uh, three CBD companies, oh, and nice. one of them they sell these um, droplets to to dogs, and and yeah. even there is some chewing gum or something like that, or chew, chewing I don't know. Yeah, uh, but the dog will be you know more relaxed, and it helps them. Yeah. Um, but I can, I could see even chocolate, and uh, I'm not sure, but maybe even in shampoo. Um, so what do you think, uh, is this the secret molecule that we will use in the next 10 years and we can add this into everything similarly to aloe vera or, or caffeine? Um, yeah. I could see a caffeine shampoo a few days ago, um, or, or what we can expect every yeah. month we will come up with new product ideas and we will use it in many new products or yeah. What, what, what can we expect? Yeah. Excellent question. So, you know, the unique thing about this molecule um, and, you know, an easy way to compare this for, for a lot of people out there is kind of uh, your central nervous system, right? So when you wake up in the morning, you know, a lot of us drink coffee, right? Um, I'm actually having a, a nice cup of coffee right now. <laughs> it's, uh, and so, you know, coffee is caffeine and that's going to stimulate your nervous system. And so, you know, there's coffee. If you want to stimulate your nervous system, you could take a Red Bull, you can take a five hour energy. You know, there's so many ways to stimulate your nervous system. You could jump in cold water. You know what I mean? There's a lot of different ways and that's what that stimulates. So that's that relationship. The relationship with your endocannabinoid system, people haven't built that. For the most part, people are kind of malnourished under endocannabinoid system. So the beauty thing is in CBD, um, it's already started. You know, it's in many different products. Like other companies are testing, like, you know, putting it in chips and waters and many things. Because the goal here, and, you know, again, it's also in creams um, as well, too. Because, you know, when you put a pain cream on your, if you hurt your um, arm, you put the pain cream because you're hoping to numb your central nervous system a little bit to alleviate the pain. That's what's happening there. But when you put the CBD cream, for example, it's actually going to go and touch base with your endocannabinoid system, as was discussed, right? And that's going to actually regulate the pain naturally, not numb anything, but naturally take away the pain. So there's going to be that understanding in the market. And so, yes, there's going to be products everywhere. I think that's going to, you know, as regulation becomes um you know every country and every state has to have their own regulation for this stuff but yes you know once those things are kind of figured out um i, I do think that this molecule is going to be one of the many molecules in the future um you know that is again it's, it's like medicine and i think people as they be, as they nourish their endocannabinoid system um what you're going to really realize is a huge shift in your life in terms of uh your well-being you might be more relaxed, more focused. It's just that you could be maybe, maybe think more clearly. A lot of these things kind of happen because again, like when something is malnourished, you know, like if you're super hungry, um, you're going to maybe be angry, right? You know, you're, you're probably a yeah. super nice guy, but if you're super uh, hungry, then you might not even be really nice to people. You might just be super angry and yeah. get grouchy until you get food, which is like most people. Um, but you know, so if your endocannabinoid system is malnourished, what are you going to be like, right? So you're going to be like how the world is today, right? So as people kind of learn about these kind of things and kind of take their health back into their own hands, um, and again, as us marketers do a better job at marketing and, and explaining what they're buying um, and not just sell it down the pipeline, I think people will then come back and really ask better questions and demand better products. Yeah, and I think 
um, for different supplements and medicines as as marketers, our main job is education, not 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 necessarily selling because people will buy it once they understand why it's a good product, why it helps them. But uh, many times they have objections or or second thoughts why uh, CBD is good, and uh, we ha- we just have to educate them, and then they they will buy the product. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, where can you see the CBD and THC market today? So I personally, I feel like this is still the Western uh, of, of e-commerce, still very new, a lot of education needed. And as you said, it's very, it's an immature market. Right. Um, what do you think? How, how can we make it better? And uh, into which direction this whole niche this whole industry is going now? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great question. I mean, I think there's a couple of facets uh, to that question. So I think the, the number one thing is is really it starts with education, right? So, you mm-hmm. know, it, it, it could start with educating, um, you know, your health provider, doctors, your general, you know, practitioners. Maybe uh, there's a focus there for them to introduce this product because most people get introduced to, you know, health items, mainly through a nutritionist or their doctor, uh, because that's the safest route where people trust. Um, and so, you know, it's really doctors educating themselves about it and really kind of you know, talking about this and having a conversation mm-hmm. about this with their patients. Um, and then it's just people really going out there and, and, and going and getting the medicine and really just trying it out. You know, it's, it's available if you're in the United States, it's available in pretty much every single state. Uh, you can go to 7-Eleven and get some, you know, average quality stuff or, uh, you know, you can go online and find some pretty good, decent stuff. Right. And so, you know, I, I think that, you know, that's going to really happen is, is, is that education and that uh, explanation to the consumer. I also think on another level, um, there's going to be a lot of, um, I would say, bad actors. There's a lot of bad actors out there. Um, And and when the consumer is educated, those bad actors uh, won't exist, right? Because the consumers will know where, you know, they'll they'll know to look for the the COA certificate, right, on on the product. They'll know to, you know, uh, to look for, you know, like if you go buy something at the grocery store, what do you look at? You look at the calories, you look at how many carbohydrates, you know, total fat. I think most people kind of, yeah, most people know corn syrup is horrible for you. So it's like one of the first ingredients in in bad um, Food, so it's kind of like the same thing, right? So you're going to go, 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 go get some CBD. You're going to know what to look for, right? And there's certain things, of course, um, you know, to look for, right? That certificate analysis, you know, some some certain products. So you know, is the product been frozen and only been uh, made into medicine when they're ready to make it, or it hasn't been sitting on the shelf for three months and this flower was grown three months ago, right? So that's a huge difference, right? And how how much you're going to get, so. I think a lot of that's going to happen, right? So it's, it's, it's really businesses getting better at, at, at quality control and explaining quality control through the pipeline and, and to, to the consumer or to the retailer. And then I also think as these businesses uh, get consumers, it's all going to be about you know using systems uh, to really have good education about what it is that they're doing. And I think that's really mm-hmm. the next step. Um, and that's really where people like us come in because, again... A lot of these companies have been burnt by, um, you know, like fly by night amateur marketers, right? Everybody goes to watch a YouTube video, 
the next day they're like they're running a marketing agency, right? And so um, there's been a lot of uh, misconception from what you know. We've spoken to over 400 CBD companies, uh, so I'm just giving you my um, you know my, my my view based upon that. And a lot of these people are not uh, trustful in terms of if marketing can work for them, given the fact that, uh, and I'm sure you probably experienced this or understand this, but that you know CBD and, and cannabis in general is pretty much banned on like the popular networks like Facebook, Google, and yeah. and those yeah. things. So, so, so the question is, is how do they market, right? How do they get attention? Uh, and that's really where we kind of come in and try to help them, right, of course. So uh, I think there's going to be a lot of those, you know, that market will they'll st- they'll start to ask the right questions on what type of marketing firm should I work with, right? Um, and I think they're only going to ask those questions when they understand that there is um, other tools out there for them to tap into, right? Because the belief right now, um, a majority belief is that this is not going to work for me, so I don't really care about it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really what you have to, you know, kind of change in their mindset. Yeah, Facebook is not going to work for you, like, only, but, you know, our goal is maybe let's have an open message that's compliant and collect the lead and send that over to maybe an email marketing system and then have the conversation over there. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, so it's, it's, it's yeah. like rethinking, you know, let's have our retargeting pixels on, on all of the social networks so that at least we can at least get our retargeting ad and maybe let's do, let's get some video from an influencers that we can leverage in our content strategy to, to increase believability of our product. Right. So there's like yeah, yeah. so many things one can do, um, and you know, Instagram is super huge uh, for for the cannabis mm-hmm. uh, and CBD industry. But you know, it's it's, it's all about content. You know, Daniel, I think people are not thinking yeah. they're they're thinking one dimension, and they need to start thinking like you know, multiple dimensions of of, of this of the to solve their own problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, this would be my next question. Um, let's say I want to start a CBD company, e-commerce mm-hmm. store. Sure. How and of course I will have I will have a lot of questions. So first of all, how can I get the product? Because there are legal requirements, and can I dropship it from China or how it works? Yeah, great question. I mean, the easy answer is you know we explain a lot of this stuff in uh, our incubator, <laughs> uh, but you know at the at the end of the day, the first step would be um, you know you wouldn't dropship it from China. You would first need to go find. Um, a manufacturer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think before you even do that, you should do some research on why you want to be in this industry. You have to understand who you want to help, like get get clear with your customer avatar. We we, we work with so many companies that are like, I want to sell uh, pet CBD, you know, because they have a dog or something, uh, but they're not super clear with why, right? They just, they're just like, it's a good idea. And so I think that that's one thing that everybody needs to first get in touch with is the why, um, and who they're helping and be very specific because that's really what's going to take your marketing cost down, right? You want to market to a specific niche with solving one problem, one argument versus multiple niches, right? So that's one thing I would say. The second thing I would say is really, um, you know, go out there and, be, and find a good manufacturer, right? So go out there, interview people, set up appointments. Uh, you know, they'll book a 30-minute appointment with anybody, an hour appointment, and they'll just give you an explanation of their whole lineup and yeah. why they're the best. So find out a couple of people, find out a couple of prices, understand what the minimum order quantity, because your job is going to be moving units, right? You got to think like that. How much do I have to buy? Do I have to buy 300 bottles of the of this tincture? Can I buy 
a mix and a match and start multiple product lines? What do I want to do? Right. And then I would just say, you know, get some product, um, you know, immediately in your hand and start giving a couple out to some friends, right? Have them use it. Mm -hmm. See if it really Mm -hmm. works first, right? This is the most important part is to just make sure that the thing that you're about to sell and put all this time and effort in actually before good. selling yeah i had a cbd company where <laughs> Man, where, we, where, we were, where we were selling it and the person um uh it was an orange flavor and they told us that it was burning their throat yeah you know and so the in, so the influencer was like i don't want to even promote this product if it's going to burn other people's throats mm-hmm. so 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 you know that's why i say check the manufacturer out once you get all that on lockdown the next thing that you really want to do is get in touch with a merchant account, right? A merchant account, for those of you that are kind of not familiar, it's how you're going to collect that money, right? So Stripe is not going to allow you to do it. Uh, Square, WePay, none of these things are going to allow you to process cannabis payments, right? CBD payments. So you got to go to a CBD merchant provider that's, you know, like a, like a Stripe and get a relationship, sign up. That process usually takes about two weeks. Uh, once you have that whole situation set up and, you know, then you got to obviously, you know, make your basic website. You don't need to have anything fancy. You can build it on Shopify now, um, which is really great because, and, you know, set yourself up with a free uh, kind of Clavio account. And then just, you know, based upon the market you're trying to reach, uh, you know, yeah. set up some ads and, and, and test that market and see if that message is resonating. Uh, and then I would just, you know, I'm not going to get into this, but, you know, then it's just really all about conversion rate optimization on the front end and segmentation on the back end. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we, we'll talk about it as well soon. Um, it's interesting that you mentioned uh, first you should try the product because I talked with a friend of mine who has a few e-com stores yeah. and uh, they scaled up to around 100K with a skincare product. So different nice. niche, but same principle. Okay. And uh, after selling that amount, he realized the product is shit. And... And then they just stop selling after a while because they realized it's, it's just not a good product. So because you can scale it up, it doesn't mean anything. Um, and it doesn't yeah, mean... Yeah, I mean, 100K stay- is not a lot of money in, in terms of business, um, in terms of market and business, because, I mean, the average product is what, like 50, 40 bucks or whatever. And so... Yeah, like 30, I think, yeah. yeah, yeah. $30, right? So, you know, pretty yeah. much you probably sold only 3000 uh, you know, mm-hmm. a little bit above 3000 yeah. units and um, it's a great sample size and, you know, marketing and, 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 and copywriting can definitely yeah, get you that far. Facebook ad copywriting, but yeah, yeah. you know, but, the, but, you know, but, the, but you know, here's, here's the, um, the golden nugget. The golden nugget is you don't have to be amazing copywriter to, to, to sell a hundred thousand. If you have a good product, you know what I mean? Just let the testimonials and the, and, and the content do the talking. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's even better than the copy. Actually. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's testimonials. Uh, they didn't have that um, because the product was bad, so they didn't have <laughs> yeah. that. Uh, yeah, back to back to your industry. So um, I know that Shopify uh, they support they support uh, this industry now, but it wasn't the case a right. few months ago, years ago. Uh, a couple uh, months ago, yeah, toward the beginning of this year. Yeah, my clients, our clients, they use uh, WooCommerce, all of them. Yep. Um, how about Facebook ads? You said that Stripe doesn't support this industry either. Mm. 
How yeah. about Facebook and, and other uh, channels, marketing channels? Google ads, I guess they don't care as much. Maybe YouTube. Yeah. So what we do is we do kind of like a, um, uh, how can I say, a three-tiered approach, right? So the first thing what we always want to do is once we kind of understand who our customer avatar is, um, you know, there's just an ocean of traffic. So our agency, uh, we specifically also teach this, um, you know, don't just rely on one network, right? The goal is, is that there's multiple networks out there. There's search networks, right? So one of the, we use a search network for the cannabis industry where people are actually searching for CBD. We've made tons of sales off of that network and that's contextual search. So it's like searching on Google. If I'm searching for something, that means I'm probably looking to buy it, right? So the intent is super high. Um, we also go on cannabis uh, publishing networks. There's a lot of publishing networks you can, you know, out there. You can understand what geo they service the most. And then, you know, if your customers are in that geo, you can always put, you know, get siphon off traffic from there. Um, and so the way we use social is we don't use that as a first resort. We first try mm -hmm. to build up our pixel, our data set first, and just kind of test our message on the compliant places, right? Mm -hmm. As we do that, if we're building up our Facebook pixel, I can always uh, make a lookalike audience of all the people that have collected um, and then have a much more open-ended message or an offer, like a lead ad is kind of normally what we use, uh, that just zaps the person um, uh, into your uh, Clavio. Um, and again, you know, you're not trying to sell them at that point. You're just trying to get them interested enough so that way... Your you know email that's going out every single day. We have a thirty day email sequence that we set up uh, all the time, um, just so that we can start testing headlines, testing messaging. Um, if it makes sense, we'll add SMS into the situation. Um, but you know that's that's really what we do on social on Google. We do we use that those networks for retargeting mainly because when we do retargeting, think about this right? Like those are social networks. So most people on social networks are like wanting to watch video and like see what's going on with other people. So, or hear other people's stories. So what we try to do is we, try, we just, we do exactly that. You know, we try to go get stories of people using the product because we always tell people to like manually sell your item first, like go hustle, manually sell 10 items. You can go get influencers, which you can go give your product for free uh, for content. So that's another way to get immediate feedback and content. Uh, and, and credibility, and then take that stuff, and then pop it into your Facebook, um, you know, uh, page or whatever, and then use that as a as a retargeting ad. So that way, that drives people to the next page or something like that. But at the same time, you're using those networks compliantly, and you're not like saying buy CBD or or, or any of that kind of stuff, right? So so that's one thing. Um, I think another kind of good tip I kind of will let people know here a little bit um, is. Uh, is 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 a uh, Facebook for those of you that don't know out there. Whatever link you enter into a Facebook ad account, meaning like if a destination link, Facebook's kind of algo and their crawlers will read everything on that website, right? And so if you have any kind of like CBD or or selling like let's say you're setting up a, a lotion ad because lotion uh, topicals are okay on Facebook if you know how to do that compliantly. Uh, oils are theoretically not. But, you know, if you have oils and other products on your page, again, that's going to get you banned really quickly. So what we normally yeah. do is send people normally to some kind of an age gate, like an 18 plus or are you 21 over? Um, and, and, and the website that sits behind that is mostly a compliant website. So when Facebook reads everything, it reads everything compliantly. 
but then we redirect that traffic over to where we need to get it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, so there's mm -hmm. a redirection. So, you know, that's just one way that we do and get traffic. But what, what we're doing is trying to get the traffic as fast as possible uh, for as cheap as possible for under $5 is kind of our kind of threshold. So we kind of focus on like a dollar leads is kind of what we say around here. Um, and then really work on the back end. Um, and I'm pretty sure that you probably know so much more about that. But, you know, the email marketing aspect has really changed the game for a lot of our clients in the past uh, 12 months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Email is great for uh, customized messages, education. It's very personal. It goes into people's inboxes. So yeah. it's, it's the best. Well, I had SMS a question for you, Daniel. So recently yeah. I read somewhere that, and I was trying to explain a client this, and, and again, I, and I want to I maybe learn from you at this point here, but they yeah. say that for every dollar spent on Clavio or on Clavio on email marketing, your return should be about $38, right? So, you know, a client had a thousand leads. It was a dollar a lead that we had gotten him. So what I was trying to explain yeah. is that those thousand leads are going to be worth $38,000, right? But of course, it was not $38,000 in revenue that we brought in just yet. But it was all it was the concept was that that's what these are worth if you do email marketing and segmentation correctly. Um, what have you heard that metric? Or what's your what's your um, um, take on the value of email leads and lead generation? Yeah, yeah. So I think this metric came from Neil Patel a few years ago. And uh yeah, I, I heard about it and, uh, you know, email is high, highly valuable and email subscribers. I don't know if it's 35 or 40x ROI or, or more or less, but uh, just a few hours ago, I checked the Google Analytics of uh, one of uh, my potential new clients mm -hmm. and uh, we could see that the average time spent on the website was seven minutes from an email subscriber versus wow. uh, someone who came from Facebook. It was half, half a minute or 20 seconds. Same mm -hmm. with Google and any other sources. So email subscribers are much more engaged. And also the revenue was much better. The ROI was, I don't remember, but over 10x for sure. And, uh, yeah, like, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if it's 35, 40, but it's a, it's a high number compared to other channels. The ROI is the best on email mm. and SEO, by the way. Okay. Um, and it's about all about SMS? the lifetime. SMS as well. Yeah. I, I didn't yeah. count it as a channel, but yeah, SMS as well. And SEO is also high. Um, and it's all about the lifetime value. Once they subscribe, you can retarget them with emails until they unsubscribe. So potentially for years. And uh, if they buy again and again, this lifetime value can be $1,000 per person or even more. Um, for Starbucks, I think it's $12,000. The lifetime, lifetime value. value? Wow. Yeah, yeah. I can... I, I agree. I think I was going crazy one time. Um, they had this like uh, gamification, right? Loyalty program uh, on Starbucks. Yeah. And yeah. they had this kind of card. So every single time you go there, you'd get a couple of stars. And then, you know, you're always looking to get your free drink. Man, I was I was just buying coffee left and right. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my goodness. 
I spent like two, three hundred dollars on just coffee. I'm like, yeah. I would never spend that kind of money. But yeah. it just goes to show you when you gamify stuff, and that's really what's really popular in um, the THC, the cannabis industry. Actually, is they're always mm-hmm. like, you know, punching your card or saying, okay, you get, mm-hmm. you know, fifty points for this purchase. And those are the businesses that I see that have a lot of retention. Right? Um, it's not mm-hmm. just about mm-hmm. education or you know content. But it's kind of about giving them something. You know, you get credit cards, you get points, right? You want to get points because you want to use those points to travel or whatever you want to do. Um, people love that kind of stuff. And uh, I think that's really, uh, you know, small thing, but like a huge way to take that, you know, people that have just bought from you and increase the LTV if we were looking for strategies to do that. Yeah, LTV is the game, I think. Um, the CEO of Decathlon, if you know this company, it's a French sport accessories company it's huge in europe Um, and this guy said that if the customer doesn't come back there is no reason to get that customer and i think not many people think in this way many e-commerce folks especially the newbies they want uh, one-time customers and after they don't care but if you want a long-lasting business you want to have satisfied customers who come back again and again right, and when exactly. you hit this enterprise level you don't even want customers who don't buy again so it's very interesting oh yeah absolutely um how about influencer marketing i think uh if i if i started a cbd business i would start with uh with influencer marketing i'm, I'm yeah. a big fan of it much more yeah. than facebook ads. yeah um how would you approach this? So you would send it to 10 influencers uh, and, and to what kind of influencers and uh, what comes after? People should subscribe um, or, or how would you approach that? Yeah, good question. So what we would do um, with influencers is, I mean, it all first off depends upon, you know, the size of the business that, that's asking us, right? So if you are an established business, we would tap into influencer marketing on a little bit more of an advanced level. Um, and if you are a new business, you would have to start with kind of a lower level strategy, which is not a bad strategy. It's just that that's really where you are. And, and the difference between both strategies uh, is really influencers are people, right? Their, their game that they're playing is that they obviously like to do content. That's really what they do. Um, they're looking for brands to, you know, um, contact them and they're really looking to make some money out of this thing they're hoping that this is going to be like a full-time kind of career for them versus you know whatever else that they were doing in their life right so we always have to start off with mindset right and so it took us a while to understand the mindset out there uh, because the mindset is also very different when you look at you know influencers that you chat with from like you know 5,000 to 10,000 followers 10 to 20 20 to 50 50 to 70, you know, and so forth, right? And so, you know, I always kind of give an example that the ego starts to grow a little bit past 50,000 followers, meaning like, you know, charging ridiculous prices um, uh, for a post. There is even a term term for this ego fee, I think. When uh, the price is ridiculously high for no reason, simply because... There is a huge audience and it's a well-known person and that's it. Yep, 100%. And, and I think um, 
you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, don't realize that let's, let's, let's ask questions, right? You know, how much traffic are you getting already? Can you give us a screenshot of your insights or your, or your stats so we can do the math and really understand what we're going to get out of this particular deal, right? And that's really what you would do on that advanced level if you're going to do a money deal, right? But however, I do want to say, so part of our process is we, uh, when we understand your avatar, we have a database where we can pull influencers and we can kind of target different size influencers. So my recommendation would be to target 50,000 and smaller um, and really actually 25,000 should be the largest because with those people, you can have them make content for your brand for free. And the only way to do that actually that we found that's really good is we interview them and the whole spiel that we give them is that, you know, you, we want to work with you as a brand ambassador but in order to enter our brand ambassador program, we've got to go through somewhat of a trial. And in order for that trial to work out, we're going to invest in you and we're going to give you a, you know, one of our products for free or a deeply discounted price. So we'll mail them that out. We'll have them sign a contract because we want to protect the business. That's super important. We've had actually had a CBD business where one of their influencers came back and sued them for 150K uh, because they saw that they were doing and making a lot of money. And they didn't really have a contract. And he's like, well, you use my content to make money. So it kind of, it can get very ugly if you don't have contracts. So definitely have contracts. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, the contract basically says that you own the content that they create with your product. And then you just kind of tell them that, you know, I want to have you create an unboxing experience if you have beautiful boxing, right? Um, you know, try the product, give a review, talk about it from this angle. And they'll make all this content for you. And then they'll send it over, you know, to you in a Google Drive, for example. And then we'll be able to use that as some content to fuel our marketing so we can speed up testing and maybe starting to push some of those units that you just got uh, from that the original inventory, right? So that's really where we start uh, the situation with influencer marketing. And then, again, once you start doing that, the second stage would be to take that content and maybe then do um, a deal with these people where they post that content and then again, and you're just testing, you're not going to get a ton of sales, but you're going to just building up your Instagram pixel uh, or your Facebook pixel. You're building up your audiences. You're segmenting that data as IG data in the, in the back end. Um, and then really from there, when you start to have some traction and you, and you, and you repost all this content on your Instagram page to get that credibility. So it's not just like, you know, you having a designer make beautiful pictures on Instagram, but having real people use it. And that's when you really approach the bigger influencers and really have an intelligent conversation mm -hmm. where they're not trying to price gouge you, where they just know that you're a serious player and they really want to work with you and they're flexible. So that's how we look at the, the gradual approach to influencer marketing. It's not like go out there, slang your product. All these people are going to post you know, images and stuff like that. And that's what's going to drive a ton of sales because you're working with five people that have you know 100,000 followers or above, right? That's what people used to think. They would pay this exorbitant. We had a client that paid $5,000 for like, um, I think five posts. It was kind of crazy. Wow. It was five posts. Yeah. And yeah. he didn't even know their insights. And he didn't get anything out of it. I think maybe he got like one sale maybe out of it, which was his product is like 49 or 50 bucks. So that was definitely a loss for sure, you know? Um, so, you know, that, I mean, are you going to lose money in the game of marketing? As you know, you, of course, you in the beginning, you're not ever losing anything. You, that's why when you're buying data, it's such a good thing to collect it and put it in a CRM as fast as possible. 
So that way you can segment them out or delete them forever, right? So you and that's and that's how we look at the at the game when we play it with our you know our clients or our our um, or just people that we talk to. You know, that's how we talk about it. Yeah, yeah, that's a lovely strategy. That's 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 great, and uh, you can build up the whole thing. And as you said, you should be really aware of a few things. You should have a contract first of all, and then. Uh, and then see the numbers, see the insights, because uh, it's, it's business and, yeah, it's about the numbers. Um, yeah, what would be your last piece of advice to our audience who are interested in CBD, in this whole industry and, and getting started, especially yeah. during COVID, you know, uh, period? Well, yeah. So my advice would be, you know, first, it's always great to, you know, get a, a good overview and listen to other people and, and that, that know what they're talking about. Um, and, you know, so for, for that, I just, you know, not just to, just to mention that, you know, we do have a, a Facebook group, so it, that, you know, it's free for anyone, you know, in the world. So it's called the can of playbook. And so that's one place where you can get some good information. You should go, you know, go on YouTube, watch videos, uh, you know, go do your research. So I would say start there. And if you're serious about, you know, understanding it, then it's just a matter of, you know, tapping into a network. So like I said, you know, we help people all the time get in touch with the right person and just kind of get these things set up um, and, 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 and progress, you know, step by step, month by month um, and keep them accountable. Or, you know, you can kind of go to LinkedIn, start searching for, you know, manufacturers, start searching for different people, merchant account providers, and then just DM them and message them and just set up phone calls and start, start getting your situation set up. So, those are, you know, two different ways, you know, you can speed it up or you can just go about it on your own. But those are the two areas that I would start at. Um, you know, mm -hmm. if anybody's interested, um, you know, yeah. we, we are always happy to help them. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Samit. Um, if anyone wants to reach out to you where they can find you, you mentioned your group, Kana Playbook on Facebook. Uh, there are hundreds of people there who are in this industry. Beside that, uh, where they can find you. Yeah, great question. So you can find us at um, uh, the, our Instagram, uh, which my Instagram is uh, Samit Harish, and I'll give you the link or, or, or the name and just DM me directly and, you know, we can start the conversation there. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a great talk. We lear learned a lot about CBD and, and what to do and how uh, new people should do things and even even professionals uh, yeah thanks for coming again and uh, stay tuned because every thursday we are coming up coming out with a new episode awesome daniel thank you so much for having me man it's been a pleasure uh it was great to really bring this information to light and i i really hope your uh listeners enjoy it and thank you again man really appreciate it Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Ecom Show podcast. If you want to learn more about e-commerce, retention marketing, check out our Facebook group called Top 3% E-commerce Email Marketing or check out our website, thebudaimedia.com. The show is brought to you by the team of Budai Media. See you in our next episode and don't forget our goal. Grow your e-commerce business together.